Trading in futures products entails significant risk of loss, which must be understood prior to trading and may not be appropriate for all investors. Please contact your account representative for more information on these risks. Past performance is not indicative of future results. If you like grain markets and other stuff, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. Here's your host, Joe Baklovic. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Grain Markets and Other Stuff Podcast. It has been a busy few weeks for me. I believe I've given speeches in six different states in the last three weeks. Um, I am taping today from a hotel in Kansas. Um, all the hotels around, I'm in eastern Kansas, all the hotels around here were booked for some reason, and I am in a hotel that, uh, it's not the nicest hotel in the world, if I'm murdered tonight, um, come and find me, please, but no, I think I'll be alright. So I've been traveling, um, today is Monday, and it's, it's Monday night, um, I drove all day to give you a, a look into the life of a, uh, grain marketing advisor, commodity broker, whatever you want to call it is what it is that I do. Um, I woke up at about five this morning, got my newsletter out by six 30, uh, had a bunch of phone calls to take care of a little bit of business to clean up, hit the road about 10, drove for about nine and a half hours from Nashville to Eastern Kansas. And here I am. And I'm going to do pretty much the same thing tomorrow. I've got to drive to Western Kansas got another speech there so two speeches in Kansas here the next couple days and then I'm kind of done traveling uh, for a little bit that will be a um, much needed break after a lot of driving uh, the last few weeks markets were kind of interesting here on Monday the stock market was up big four percent plus gains in the in the stock market we saw some nice gains in the corn market uh, which was up, what, $0.07 cents in the May futures, I think. And uh, I haven't even looked at a quote screen. I think that's what somebody told me on the phone. But, you know, I, I mentioned earlier that it would not be unprecedented and it would actually be fairly normal for the corn market to post some sort of bottom here sometime soon. And it had to do with all of those basis contracts that were priced or rolled last week. It just seems like when we get into those situations, once all of those basis contracts are priced or rolled, it kind of takes a weight or a cap off of the market. It seems like in so many instances, we see these markets, whether it be the corn market or the soybean market. And I think the corn market in particular this time around, because the basis had been so good, I think there were so many basis contracts out there. There's just there's this tendency for the market and, and the corn market in particular to post these what we call spike lows around the delivery period. And we may have seen that. I'm not saying the low is in, but it would not be unprecedented by any means. There's still a lot of things that are kind of out of our control here. Um, this coronavirus thing, even I know the stock market was up today, and I think that had to do with ideas that the Fed here in the U.S. and, in, and abroad may, um, they may lower rates, they may do some QE. I, I don't know what they're going to do, but that sort of talk was circulating today. So you got your rebound in the, in the stock market, which maybe was overdue. That was a big correction. You got your rebound in a lot of outside commodities. Um, could things look totally different come Tuesday? Sure, they could. Uh, I don't know that we're out of the woods in, in terms of the overall volatility here. Um, 
with this coronavirus thing, and I don't think we've heard the end of it. I, I think that the headlines are probably going to get worse before they get better, if I had to make a guess, but um, we, ne- we never know these things for sure, and this is kind of every time one of these viruses or one of these diseases comes along, and, and we've seen them before, uh, they can markets can get really jittery and people can get really jittery, and that's what could, could slow economic activity, and that's why you've seen the weakness in the stock market. So today's title of this episode and I have no script usually I write down some talking points I didn't write down anything today because I've been driving all day I'm exhausted but I told myself I was going to do this once a week and do a longer form episode so here it is and and the title of the episode is grain marketing isn't complicated and there were probably some people who would disagree with me on that but you've got to listen to this entire episode before you get too mad at me so I like, to, I like to use analogies, and I'm going to use a couple of them here. Grain marketing isn't complicated the same way that bench pressing 400 pounds isn't complicated. Bench pressing 400 pounds isn't complicated, but it's not easy either. And I think that grain marketing can fall into that same category. It's it's not complicated, but it's not easy. Um that's the analogy I'm going to use to to start this thing off. I very firmly believe that people involved in the grain marketing business, there are some new companies out there. There are some old companies out there. Some of your ABCDs, some of your uh, more well-known brokerage firms, some of your more reputable firms, some of your newer firms that are pitching a whole bunch of things to farmers that are meant to help with your grain marketing. And I believe that they have overcomplicated what is really a a situation that is not that complicated and doesn't need to be complicated. I believe that grain marketing can be uncomplicated. I'm going to use another analogy here, and I'm going to get into a little bit more detail with this analogy. So let's say grain marketing is playing the guitar. In order to be a good guitar player, what you need to do is get a guitar and sit in a room and practice for hours and hours and hours and years and years and years and decades and decades and decades. That's how you get good at it. You don't really need much else than that guitar to be good at it. You just need to work on it. There are no additional tools that are necessary to get good at that instrument. It takes discipline. It takes practice. It takes maybe certainly some talent, although maybe that's where grain marketing can kind of separate itself from this analogy. But what happens with a lot of guitar players is this. They begin to play maybe at a younger age, maybe at an older age. And then they start to see all this stuff out there and they start to there. It becomes apparent to them or, or they, they feel this need that I need a nicer guitar. I need amplifiers. I need to own multiple guitars. I need to own effects pedals. Do you know what an effects pedal is? You ever see a guitar player on a stage and he's tapping stuff with his feet. He's turning on one sound, turning off another sound. I got to go out and have all of that stuff 
and that'll make me a better guitar player. And it doesn't. It doesn't make you a better guitar player. It it does not. If you were to walk into the guitar store with a great guitar player next to you, and he walked in, say say Stevie Ray Vaughan was still alive, just for for uh, the purposes of this conversation, and and Stevie Ray walks into uh, the local music store with you, and he picks up the crappiest, cheapest guitar they have in that place, and he starts playing it. How do you think it's going to sound? How do you think it's going to sound? You think he's going to sound bad? Hell no. In fact, if he were to pick up the crappiest, cheapest guitar and then go pick up the most expensive guitar, I believe that the difference would be negligible in terms of what you hear. So my analogy here is this. I believe that the guitar is grain marketing. Well, put it this way. Playing the guitar is grain marketing. The guitar is the tool. And you need a, you need maybe a couple of tools. You need a guitar. You need a guitar pick. Maybe you need a guitar tuner. But you really don't need very much. I feel like grain marketing is very much similar to that. What do you need? You need to know how to do a few things. Cash grain sales. One. I believe that you could be a very good grain marketer by only using cash sales. I don't even think you necessarily need to separate the futures and the basis. I think you could write straight cash contracts, and if you were to time it right, I believe you could be a very good grain marketer doing just that. And maybe for some of you, what happened in your grain marketing lifetime is this. You were sitting in that room playing the guitar, and somebody started to pitch you some fancy effects pedals and some new guitars and all sorts of these different different things that are meant to make you better or or you're told will make you better but they don't they don't and you end up overcomplicating what is really not that complicated of a situation i think that's where a lot of people are at i think a lot of people early in their their career as a farmer or as a grain marketer started off and things got too complicated too quickly and they never really learn the basics you know the first thing first thing that you learn when you when you play guitar you learn your basic chords you learn your e chord your a chord your c chord your d chord i think that in regard to marketing there's a lot of people out there who can't play the damn c chord but they own five amps seven guitars and 20 effects pedals they've got all these different tools at their exposure at their at that they can use that are available to them yet they still suffer to do even the most basic thing and i think that for a lot of people the struggles in regard to grain marketing and the difficulties in regard to grain marketing can all tie back to that i think that we've really overcomplicated this thing now i'm going to talk about some specific things that i think have really overcomplicated this thing as of late so so what's the first tool just a cash grain sale taking grain and selling cash on whatever the cash bid is and and i'm not talking off the combine i'm talking about you know throughout the course of a calendar year if if the december corn price during the month of july really gets up there the base is going to be the best no probably not but if you were to make cash sales at that point you'd still be all, you'd still be doing pretty good so i think that if you could even just go back to the very very basics and just really figure out the cash sale thing 
how to sell high and how to how to avoid selling when prices are low. That would be the place to start. That's learning your C chord and your D chord and your G chord, that sort of thing. Then you move on to the next step, which would be separating futures and basis, in my opinion. You write an HTA contract when the board is good, and then you lock up the basis when you see some basis improvement. That's probably the next thing that, again, falls under the same category as those open chords that a lot of people are still struggling with here. It's a basic item that I think a lot of people are still struggling with. Um, And then when you get past that, you can get into things like options, which are a great tool, but I don't believe are totally, completely necessary for you to be a great grain marketer. And I'm telling you this as somebody who essentially makes his living doing futures and options brokerage. I don't think you need options to be a great grain, to be a good grain marketer, put it that way. I think you can do a fine job of marketing grain without options. I do. You can get into things that are more complicated and more exotic, option spreads, future spreads. I don't think a lot of that is necessary. Um, You can go back to my episode called Options Don't Options never work, I think is what it was called, on how I prefer to trade options. And I've got a couple very simple things that I tend to use. I don't do anything real complicated. I tend to keep my option trading very simple. The The reason that I decided that this was a good topic for today is because there are a lot of companies and entities and people involved in the grain marketing business who are out there right now as we speak pushing products that I believe are totally and absolutely unnecessary. And to go back to my guitar analogy, these are guys knocking on your bedroom door when you're trying to figure out how to play that open C chord and they've got 40 different effects pedals that they want to sell you. And they believe they're trying to tell you that you buy all these pedals, they're going to make you better. And, And that's not the case. You've got to keep working on your open chords as boring as it sounds You've got to keep working on the basics. The the bells and whistles aren't going to help you. So we've got a bunch of different firms. And, and I know this because I get phone calls all the time from these companies pitching me these products. And they tell me, you should you should start selling these products to your customers. And I say, absolutely not. It's We've already got a good system here. It's just people lack understanding and lack maybe the, the, the basic fundamental ability to use a lot of this stuff. But the last thing that I believe most farmers need is to overcomplicate a situation that just isn't that complicated. So one example that I've heard a lot of talk about recently would be these, I get, they call them structured products. And then the the one that I'm hearing a lot about are, are these, you know, synthetic HTAs basically is what it is. And, and it's, you make a future sale on paper, except it's not in a futures account, and it's through one of these one of these entities. And uh, they say, you know what, you can sell it, and we'll pay the margin on it. You don't have to margin it, and then uh, you can deliver the grain wherever you want. And that sounds great to me until they tell me how much it costs: five cents a bushel, six cents a bushel, seven cents a bushel, eight cents a bushel. The other thing that I don't like about it is that some of these 
products are, are coming from companies that are relatively new, what happens when they've got a bunch of thing, these things on their book and we get into a bull market again? Do they have the financial backing to cover this stuff? And, and that's not even that's not even the, 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 on the top five list of my problems with this stuff. My problem with it is that it's not necessary. You can do the exact same thing in a futures account with the flexibility. You can get out of a futures position at any time. As a matter of fact, 99% of all futures trades are never delivered upon. That flexibility is great, especially when you get into a growing season when you don't know what kind of crop you're going to have. Like 2019 is a great example. The fees are what really get me. They'll they'll sell this stuff to to farmers, and and because you're not necessarily seeing the the fees on your end, maybe in the same way that you would see it in in a futures account, you don't think anything of it. But I think this stuff is very bad. I think it's very dangerous. I think it's overcomplicating. I think it's overcomplicating a situation which is grain marketing, which is not complicated. It's not easy. It's not easy. Bench pressing 400 pounds is is not complicated, but it's not easy either. It falls in that same category. Um, I could talk about this in regard to a lot of these uh, different types of contracts that are floating around out there that that maybe your grain buyer will pitch to you. Accumulator contracts, premium pricing contracts, um, average pricing contracts. If you haven't really wrapped your head around how to do a cash sale, an HTA, a basis contract, and you don't have a lot of confidence in those items, you have no business becoming involved in anything more complicated than that. You don't. You've got to learn those basics before you can start to build on it. Now, for somebody who's an advanced grain marketer, an advanced grain marketer who really understands the ins and outs of all of this stuff, then yeah, knock your socks off. If you understand all of it, go out and and do those accumulator contracts. Go do those premium pricing contracts. I can just tell that from from my trips around the Corn Belt and around this country talking to farmers, I think there are a lot of you out there who really need to get back to basics. I really do. That's what I see. That's what I see. And if if you think I'm I'm an idiot or I'm talking uh, uh, below you or talking down to you, um, please tell me about it. But that's not what I I don't feel that that's the situation right now. I think there's there is a good segment of the farming population when it when it comes to grain marketing. You may need to get back to basics a little bit and really improve those those very very basic fundamentals, because I see, I see right now more than ever in my career, things are severely overcomplicated, severely overcomplicated. You've got so many people in your ear telling you about all these different products and different ways to hedge and market grain, and it is just not that complicated. It's not. It's not easy. It's not easy to sell the top or even the higher uh, quarter or third of, of grain prices available to you throughout a calendar year, throughout a marketing year. That's not easy to do, but I don't think that throwing a whole bunch of additional tools into the mix 
is going to make it any easier. In fact, I think it's going to make it harder. I think it's going to make it more complicated. So if you fall into this camp and you ident- you hear what I'm saying and you understand it and you say, yep, that's me, I'm probably not even that great at the basics. If, if you fall into that category, get back to the basics. Get back to just trying to sell cash grain when the market's up. Maybe doing an HTA and then locking in basis later. I haven't seen a lot of basis contracts work out real well recently, so I'm not necessarily a guy who's going to push basis contracts real hard. I'd like to have that futures price locked up first and foremost and then set my basis. Uh, I see that work out so much more often than the other way around, but that's probably a, a topic for a different conversation. I'll have some people who I'm sure work for the commercials who who do these accumulators premium pricing, whatever you want to call them, who may not like the topic of this conversation, but it's the truth. It's the truth. And disclaimer, is it in my best interest that you trade futures and options? Sure it is. Is it in my best interest that you build that accumulator or premium pricing contract on the futures board um, versus doing it at the elevator? Yeah, it is. But I'm not even telling you to do that. I'm telling you, you need to just focus on your cash sales if you're not up to snuff and you're not where you need to be fundamentally. Um, Some people, when they learn guitar, they do it themselves. Other people, they have a teacher. They take lessons for a little while. Um, Maybe you need a grain marketing coach or a teacher or somebody who's maybe got more of a a level-headed approach than some of these complicated products, overly complicated products that are out there, in my opinion. This doesn't need to be complicated. It's just you need to get to the basics, work on them, work on the basics. This is what I'm seeing. This is what I was thinking about on my drive here. I hope it made sense to you. If you have questions about any of this stuff, shoot me an email to info at standardgrain.com. I'd love to help you. If you need help with your grain marketing, go to my website, go to standardgrain.com, click on grain marketing plan. Take a look at that subscription service. The way that my service functions, you could do cash-only sales and be just a cash grain marketer, no futures and options, and my stuff would work for you, I believe. I'll tell you when and how I'm marketing grain, what percentages throughout the marketing year, throughout the calendar year. I think that could help you out. It doesn't need to be me. You just need to find somebody with a a level-headed approach somebody who's not trying to pitch you this slew of products that is only going to complicate matters and not make things easier for you. I talk to people all the time who don't understand half the contracts they're involved in. Get back to basics, guys. If you have questions for the podcast, I'd love to answer any questions that you have on the podcast. Just shoot me an email to info at standardgrain.com. Check out that subscription service. Go to standardgrain.com. If you have questions about it, give me a call. You're apprehensive about signing up, you want to talk about it, call me. I'll explain it to you. I'm going to be driving the next three days, so you probably won't have anything else for me other than the morning stuff uh, till late this week at the earliest. Everyone have a good week. Simplify. That's the take home here. Talk to you next time. Bye.